0: Hello hello, and welcome or welcome back. It's Markets Trucking Answers on the podcast where you get me through your ear hole only. You don't have to look at me, which most people really appreciate. I'm here with my co-host Gracie, who is quietly sleeping behind me, but she said uh, earlier that she's ready to pounce at any comment. uh, So uh, get ready to hear from her. Today we'll have some trucking news. We're going to talk about Tesla Electric Semi, which is coming out this year. So Elon Musk says, let's talk about how much power it uses. I want you to really understand the future of electric vehicles in the United States and really around the world because uh, you're going to be surprised at what power it actually uses, all right, and uh, prices and stuff like that. So, we'll also have some automotive news and and in the third half of the show, we will have yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people that live on this planet that prevent us from living on that planet, why? because they take all of our resources to either house them in jail, provide dry cheese sandwiches, services, or whatever other things they supposedly need because they're too stupid to even live on their own, all right? I always have proposed sterilization for these people, but hey, that's just me, so in the podcast, we get to talk about things that we can't talk about on the YouTube channel because of censorship, and I guess it's not really censorship, uh you know as i've said that their platform and they can allow or not allow what they want, but a podcast you own. So you've got something to say, start a podcast. 80% of podcasts have not been updated in the last 90 days. All right. So if you start a podcast and have something to say, you'll be in the very few of the people that actually continue to say those things We're over a hundred episodes on this podcast. If you just stumbled upon it, maybe you saw it, you know, while you were scrolling through, you know, MySpace or whatever and happened to see it. Why don't you subscribe to it? And all the episodes will just come to you on whatever podcast player you are using. This podcast is broadcast here and around the world on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all over the place. All right. So wherever you can get a podcast, you can get this podcast like all other podcasts. All right. So that's the story with that. Let's move on to talk about Peloton see how i did do you see i did that that's how you do things when you are a professional uh broadcaster like myself (laughs) all right i know i know the cat's coming to eat bite me for that so peloton this is interesting why is it interesting mark what does it have to do with trucking well peloton is going to outsource their delivery to jb hunt and xpo logistics all right that's why. When you buy a sixteen or $1,800 Peloton bike, which has an actual value of probably $80 because they're made in China and they're junk, go look at the reviews. That's just my opinion of uh, the bikes. Um, they deliver it to you and set it up wherever in your front uh, room or parlor. You know, I had mine set up next to the grand piano, uh, you know, in the a music room uh, next to the library. But wherever, wherever you do it on yours, uh, they have people that delivered and what they've been doing they have their own delivery people a lot of them but some of them were they were also outsourcing to third-party people but not like jb hunt where they would sort of put it on kind of a load board and they just get some goober with a pickup truck i'll do that delivery for eighty dollars or whatever it is and so they would come up there and do it and it turns out that gets you bad customer service scores before so not happy with the delivery you got some goober that smells bad and is not is smoking or uh you know whatever all else and coming in your house and looking around at all your stuff hey how old your daughter that kind of thing so nobody wants that so uh so there you go so uh now they're going to use jb hunt and xpo exclusively for their final mile delivery jb hunt has been getting into this huge xpo's done this for a J.B. Hunt has a whole division for this final mile. A lot of them use straight trucks. They advertise heavily in Indianapolis area for this. They're $22 to $25 an hour. Uh, it seems like some of their ads are running there, which I'll tell you is not far off of an A, an a driver that goes all over the place. So to stay in town, making local deliveries in a straight truck for, you know, 1000 bucks a week, home every day. To be 25 times 40, right? Not terrible. You had some extra time in there. You could make 60, 65,000 in a straight truck doing this kind of stuff. All right, so not uh not terrible money. So they're gonna do that. Here's the funny thing about it, okay? The uh CEO, Barry McCarthy, says that uh, doing this, Peloton is gonna reduce the delivery cost by 50%. Okay? Get that? They're going to reduce their per product delivery cost by 50 percent and then what do they say peloton will also raise prices on its bikes and tread products all right that's that's what i like to hear companies saving money figuring out how to save money and then also raising the price their bikes in my opinion are already way overpriced way overpriced all right you can go buy a stationary bike and get a tablet that connects to the internet all day long for a few hundred bucks you know these bikes i don't know with their monthly pay and then you gotta subscribe to peloton uh it's the price of a gym what gym it's like 90 dollars a month or whatever i don't know what gym they're a member of um okay so either way uh, i think personally that they're overpriced but they did sell a lot of them and they are having problems getting them delivered jb hunt now will be delivering them nationwide and that'll mean a lot more jb hunt people to do that stuff thought to add that into their straight trucks whatever however that works there. I don't do it. It wouldn't be something I'd be interested in doing uh, certainly any more of that kind of work. That uh, would be considered a lot of work probably doing all these little home deliveries because J.B. Hunt already delivers a lot of furniture and appliances for different uh, home improvement stores and stuff, and that's in their ads, and I don't know what all else they do on this Final Mile stuff. But hey, I think you know, for a straight truck for around town like that for a thousand or more a week is not terrible money. It isn't. For what you're doing, so that's uh, that's the story. At Peloton L- lower their costs and raise their prices. I love it. So let's talk about the new Tesla Semi. They think Pepsi's going to be the first one to get one, although Tesla hasn't released who's going to be the first one. One's coming out this year. They said it's going to be on the road this year. And there's an interesting article about some facts about the Semi, and I think you're going to want to know about it. Now it's full electric, and you're going to start seeing these on the road eventually, right? So get ready for that. Here's uh, here's some interesting facts. So the Tesla Semi uses around two kilowatt hours per mile driven. Okay. That is a lot. <laughs> let me tell you. So two kilowatt hours per mile is what uh, Tesla says the energy consumption is going to be. They're actually like 1.9 something. We're going to go with two for even numbers because of winds and stuff that we, that we can't predict. Right. So to go 500 miles, we can do a little uh, you know, high school math, 500 times 2. We're going to use 1,000 kilowatt hours of energy to move the semi. All right, That's bigger than the battery range at the moment, I think. So we'll see. You don't want to use it to the end, but that's what we're going to do, right? So to go 500 miles, you're going to use that. Now, I looked up the average cost of a kilowatt in the United States. It's around a dime, around 10 cents per kilowatt, depending where you are of course and you may get discounts so let's just say 10 cents that's the average cost that means it's going to cost you 100 dollars of energy to uh to go 500 miles and if we look at you know just a semi look even a best case scenario getting eight miles to the gallon to go 500 miles you're going to use 62 and a half gallons even with discounts if you only pay four dollars a gallon which it would be good discounts right now you're still going to spend 250 dollars in diesel plus def to go the same distance. So is it less money to use a Tesla Semi? Yes. Okay, in money usage it's going to cost less money to go the same distance because electricity is cost less than diesel fuel. It just does. Of course the problem is uh, charging it naturally but uh, we can't uh, get into such uh, trivialities as how do you charge it. I do think that initially these trucks will all be out-and-back kind of things, like Pepsi and other places where they can use it, go out and come back and charge at their home terminal. Tesla's going to build mega chargers, as they're calling them, for larger customers at their home terminals, okay? So that's way less than it would cost you to run a diesel truck. So the, the cost savings, if there was charging everywhere, would be tremendous, okay? It would be tremendous. Right now, though, um, where can you charge your semi? Well, nowhere. And, of course, the Tesla Semi doesn't need oil changes, and the brakes will be less because of regenerative braking, uh, although people could use, could save their brakes now by using Jake's a lot more than they do, or engine brakes, in case you don't have an officially licensed Jacob's engine brake system on your truck. But uh, people don't. It, the only people that use them or Billy Big Big Rigger who runs him through the truck stop, right, with his 10-inch straight pipes because he's an idiot. All right, so, no, but people on the road, you, you never see him using them, which I don't understand. Now, Tesla says it'll have 500 miles of range. Would you go 500 miles? Um, uh, No. People do it in their car. I don't understand it. Again, in my car, sometimes you go with a friend somewhere, and it's like the gas light is on, and it says miles to empty, zero. Oh, I still, when it says that, you still got 30 miles. Okay, do you know there are gas stations everywhere? All right, so anyway, so Pepsi bought 100 of these things. You know, so there's also that. I think they'll be one of the first ones to get one. The part of electric semis, and really electric cars, that people don't talk about is this. The average home in the United States uses around 29 to 30 kilowatts of energy per day. All right, so that means to run one semi, 500 miles it would take the same amount of electricity to power 33 average homes in the United States per one truck for one day all right you can light up an entire block worth of houses and that's average use it's air conditioning refrigerator you know everything Wii gaming system right ps2 everything that you use in your house all those things. Are being are in the average household. So if you had any number of these trucks, you're going to need so much electricity that it's really hard to envision how much electricity that would be. Because forever people write to me, green people write in and say, hey, Mark, you know, uh, electricity is a lot of charging, it's the way to go or it's the future. All right, we don't have the power to do that. If we replaced half. Of the over-the-road fleet, there are around 800,000 over-the-road trucks um, in the United States, Class 8 OTR trucks. Mark, there are four million drivers. there's around 800,000 over the road that are exclusively over-the-road sleeper, Class eight trucks. So half of them, 400,000 of them can become Tesla electric semis. Every day, every day that they drive 500 miles, that is enough power to power 1.3 million households, all right, million. So I did an interesting lookup. In my county here in Tippecanoe County, Indiana, there are 79,000 household units in the entire county, and you need the power from 1.3 million homes just for half of the -the over-the-road fleet. This is the problem. We are not producing the power necessary to do this. They're already rolling brownouts and asking people to turn their, what the EPA say, turn your air conditioning on 82 to save energy. If we're going to run all these trucks and cars and everything else, we're going to have to produce a lot more power. We could use nuclear power, as President Bush would say. Uh, But everybody's all mad at that. I mean, certainly it is possible to do, but we're going to have to produce a lot more power than we produce right now. 1.3 million homes just for half of the trucks to run down the road today. That's every single day that power has to be pulled out of the energy grid somewhere. So what if several of these trucks show up? In a sparsely populated area, you're going to pull all that juice out of that area to charge these trucks that, uh, you know, is not really producing that much power to start with. I'd like a solution to that. How are we going to solve that problem first? We have to first solve the problem of, you know, how do we get this thing powered? And the other thing for road drivers that would do this, you know, say there was some kind of charging system. Where do you fix this thing? All right. So everything breaks down. Uh, Everything man-made breaks down, okay? It's simple as that. Nothing is perfect. So a motor goes out on the truck. It has a motor at each wheel end. (laughs) So how do you get that thing fixed? Does it have to be towed to California from wherever it is? Are you just out of a truck for a month? I think that uh, that's why this is going to be fleet use only for some time. And I would recommend drivers that are doing this be on the clock because always when you have a new product out it always has some kind of break-in period heck they don't even recommend even consumer reports doesn't recommend you buy a first year toyota okay the most reliable car as people always tell me because of issues so i cannot imagine a first year of one of these things and it breaks down you can't just take this to the ta all right you can't take this down to the petro stopping center all right that is not going to be able to happen but I think the amount of energy that is required to roll these things down the highway is something people don't really understand and these are legit numbers from them and that's what they're doing in the winter it would be even more and that is a real problem at at 1.3 million households of electricity every single day have to be drawn out just to power half the trucking fleeting you want all the cars to be electric oh my gosh I cannot imagine how much power it would be just to charge your car? I guess the other side of this is you could power your house for quite a while from a Tesla semi. So if you happen to be an owner operator and got the reverse uh, pack set up on your um, breaker box out there, your electric panel, you can there's a you can set this up and plug the thing in reverse reverse Rooney and power your house for quite a while but but that's some way off. So until until we see how these work, until we really upgrade our electric system, I think it's quite a while before we see a lot of these being used other than just for specific purposes like Pepsi. I know Walmart has put an order in for some of them. They didn't really say how many, but there'll be local trucks, too. They'll go out and come back so they can charge back at their home terminal. And they'll, and what is probably happening, to be honest with you, to start with, is the government is giving all kinds of grants. That's why companies do this stuff, which, of course, they shouldn't do. If this was such a good idea, people would just do it. If you have to get a grant for it, it's not really saving you any money. The truck is twice the price of a regular truck at the moment, although I'm sure that will come down, too. Some some states, probably California, will just beg you to use them, and uh, that's how that will go. But the you know, point is, all the power that these things are taking... We just aren't ready for that yet, we're not ready for I'm positive of that,, oh yeah, that's what I said. I'm positive, I'm you know very resistant to this kind of thing, so uh that's where we are, Tesla. Get ready to see your lights dim when somebody plugs their truck in now I was out and about yesterday in the family truckster. And listening to MSNBC, as I sometimes do. Yeah, look, I listen to all sides, different news. I have Fox on there, too. I got all the CNN. Everything is all. I listen to all the different sides. You should, too. Okay. So that you can get all perspectives of things. You don't want to just listen to things that agree with you. You want to listen to everything so you can get all different kinds of perspectives. But I want people to understand what they said on MSNBC yesterday. I thought it was really something. And don't click off of this, because I'm going to say that they were talking about the Supreme Court abortion ruling, recent abortion ruling, but this is not what this is about. That just happened to be the context that they were talking about in. And uh, look, (laughs) this is why the news is all crap, all right? And it's all just opinion. It isn't news. News should give me facts. Here's what happened today. Not, here's my opinion of what happened today. That's what this podcast is for and others, but if they're going to if a place is going to put itself out there as news, then it should be news, okay? If it's an opinion thing, like 60 minutes or something like that, maybe, that's one thing. Then that's their opinion. But uh, when they put it out as news, and here's what they said. It's Okay, so a bunch of uh, talking heads were on there talking, and I couldn't see them. I was getting them through my ear hole, and they were talking about the ruling, and they were horrified, all right? They were horrified. By the fact that the government was dictating people's private medical decisions. That's what they said. All right. They couldn't believe that the government would have the gall and the authority to come in and tell people what they could and couldn't do with their own body. And that's a quote from MSNBC. That's really incredible they seem to have somewhat of a short attention span to not that long ago when they were let's say in favor of the government dictating what you did and didn't do with your own body see this is why all these stations and that are crap and i I couldn't almost drove off the road i'm like, almost drove into a closed down Sears store (laughs) i'm like i can't believe what I'm hearing, but then I thought, oh, you know, look at what I'm listening to. I mean, <laughs> I mean there couldn't probably is no lesser quality news station probably than MSNBC. Uh, all of all of what you know tries to sell itself off as news. That's probably the bottom of the barrel. I mean, they're the Western Express of news stations. So I, I guess I get what I get by listening to them, but uh, you know that's why none of these stations are really news at all you know when they're telling when they're saying something like that when they on any other issue like um well i don't know there might be some issue some issue where maybe msnbc and other like news and i'm in air quotes with news right it's funny that i'll actually do air quotes here even though you can't see me so i'm actually doing them (laughs) i guess the cat can see me where they may be in favor of other times where the government does dictate what you do with your own body. It seems like the government was like telling people to be fired and not wanting you to go places unless you did something with your body. I don't know. Am I not remembering this right in my uh, extreme upper 30s where I can't remember things? I'm not sure, but it seems like that station may have been one of them that is in favor of governmental control of your medical decisions so keep that in mind when you listen to news and i do encourage you to listen to more than just things that you 100 percent agree with listen to all sides you can't get a good view of what's happening um uh, do to you listen to all sides and you can't know your enemy if you don't know your enemy so you have to know exactly where they are and no matter which side of it you're on of anything you need to listen to the other sides so you can know what is going on so If you can take it, click on MSNBC for a half an hour and get some yucks out of that. Now let's take a walk down memory lane. Have you ever had a car that you really liked, you wish you would have kept? Oh man, I wish I still had that car. Well, I think anybody that enjoys cars has that thought now and then. So I'm going to talk about three cars that I had that I wish I still had. And let me know what cars you had over your years of youthfulness or whatever that you wish you would have kept. I'm always interested in cars and great cars and not so great cars. But they were good cars for us at the time. So I want to start with a 1971 Chrysler 300. Now, this was not a Chrysler letter car as the 300s were called. At the end of its um, body style for that body right there which was basically a two-door New Yorker. Uh, my Chrysler had the 444 barrel in it. I forget what it said on there, power something or whatever on the air cleaner. I don't remember what it said. But this was a 444 barrel, 375 gross horsepower. That's gross. And, of course, the Chrysler 727 three-speed automatic in it. This car was a two-door, <laughs> right? Red, white leather, and white vinyl roof, which was in very good condition, but this was some time ago. It had a floor shifter, two uh, bucket seats and a floor shifter, where most cars at the time had the automatic up on the steering wheel naturally. And I really liked this car. I just really liked it. Everything worked on it. It was so luxurious, even for the time. You know, I can imagine in 71 when people what this car knew. Uh, what it was, that twilight headlights, so at the, and when it was dark out, the headlights would come on. And it had a bright light, automatic brights, and it would turn those on and off. Although that didn't work great. The little flat door flaps, this had covers over the headlights, which came down from above, and it made the whole front look like a, a full width grill And in the back, it had taillights that went across the car as well. So that lit up, the whole back of the car lit up, and I thought it looked great. Lots of chrome, big. Not super fast. I mean, it had a lot of power for its time, a lot, of super a lot of torque. But the car, you know, probably weighed 15 million pounds. It would do a burnout across an intersection, I will tell you that. So, but burnouts don't make you faster. They just give you a lot of used tires to throw away. And I wish it would have kept that car. I really like that car. I still think about that car to this day and wonder if it's still driving, if someone had kept up on it or whatever. It didn't have any rust or anything then. It was in very good shape. Ah, uh, it did have an aftermarket radio in it, if I remember right. Somebody had put an AM/FM cassette in it. Power antenna with a switch on the dashboard that you made the antenna go up and down yourself with. Just a car that I really enjoyed driving. You know, when you go out to a car and you really just look at it and you go, "Man, I can't wait to drive this car around." Also, had a 1978 Ford Granada ESS, which stood for European Sport Sedan. <laughs> Granadas were made to compete with the Mercedes of the day. Uh, they were, you know, a, an Iacocca deal going on, and uh, he had a big hand in them. And if you got higher trim ones, you could get a Ghia, and, uh, you know, a Mercury Monarch, and even a Lincoln Versailles, which was also, these were also based on a Granada. They got pretty luxurious. Now, the ESS was made to be more, you know, European in style. And um, so it had hubcaps that were body colored. Mine was red and the hubcaps are red. And I actually had a two fifty straight six in it and a four speed manual on the floor, which uh made it pretty sporty. Now this wasn't like a super bomber. It had an open rear end on it, which I don't understand. So it had put one stripe down for a while on the ground. It uh it had pretty good power and I remember you had to lift the shifter up in a weird way to get it into reverse. So it had to be lifted and pulled over and brought up. Just a weird way reverse was set up in that car. That car, I was living in Hammond at the time, and I was commuting into Chicago with it, and that car never let me down. You know, I drove that car all over the place. Uh, Pretty luxurious inside for the day. It had the gas tank as usual filler behind the license plate, and I really enjoyed that car. Mine was a two-door. You could get the ESS as a four-door as well um first year also 78 was the first year for the rectangle headlights on the granadas i thought it was a pretty good car i liked it of course you know not thinking anything about it got rid of it shouldn't uh i shouldn't do that i should stop doing that because <laughs> then i think about it, i'm still all these years later and uh my last car is a 93 jaguar xj v12 and this was uh a rather large car all right zero to 60 in around seven seconds which was pretty good then and uh, that was the last year for that body before they switched up bodies. But uh, the first year that you could get that body in a twelve. And this is a six-liter V12. And when you started it, it sounded like an airplane starting it up. And which is so luxurious inside, all high quality, real wood, you know, real leathers, hand stitched everywhere. Really, when uh, you know they're putting mindfulness into building something, and that's always been the case with higher end makes like that. And uh, the paint, you could just look at yourself in it and look like you were swimming around in it, It kept the thing clean. It just looked great. And you didn't see many on the road, and you certainly don't see today because, well, they have a lot of problems. So they weren't super reliable yet uh, as they could be. Ford buys them not too long after this, uh, changes everything around, does a lot of work on the electronics of the car so that they actually become reliable. So every time you'd have to get the car fixed, it'd be $1,000 to do anything to the car. So And you couldn't really get any parts from the junkyard for it because there just weren't that many made. So very tough to get used parts, aftermarket, not a lot of support on the aftermarket for the cars. So I thought, you know what, eventually something huge is going to go wrong with this car, and I'm going to have some kind of $8,000 bill or whatever on it, and... It's not going to be able to do it. And so I got rid of it, but I shouldn't have. You know what? I should have kept that car. I should have put more love into that car and just kept it because driving that car just made you feel, as the kids say, it made you feel a certain way. You know, you felt different about it. You looked at that car and thought, man, man, that car is a great car. Smooth the 12 cylinder you can't get anything smoother i mean you could uh, sit a glass of champagne on the uh, hood and even though it would slide off because it was waxed you wouldn't even see any ripples in it or whatever just so so smooth and everything in the car put together well it just had electronics that just you just couldn't solve until 90 they had an electronic dashboard mine didn't have it but I can't imagine the nightmare would be to get that thing fixed. You know, there's probably none at a junkyard that you can replace. That's the problem. But that was a great car. The ride in it, the smoothness of it, the way it was everywhere inside. It just smelled good. I just love that car. But, stupidly, I got rid of it. Shouldn't have done that. So smooth. Probably the best car I ever had in in likability. Know where I'm just think of the car and think, you know what, this this is the car, this is it, this is the car I'm going to retire with, I'm going to live my life with, and uh, and then now it's not sitting outside, and I'm disappointed at that. Getting one now, they're hard to find, <laughs> I and mean, you're better off buying one probably 10 years newer. So that Ford had actually changed all the electronics. Once Ford got into their hand into it, the cars got a lot better electronic wise. The cars were always great cars in uh, build quality, just all their parts just didn't hold up and it's so disappointing that the make was let down by that when it shouldn't have been just sitting in one now uh, every time i get in one or look at one i'm like man where is my jaguar so those are my three cars that i've loved over the years and wish i still had there's others as i've had a lot of cars thinking about it probably 20 30 cars probably at this point But those are the cars. Man, I really, really love those cars. Those cars just did me well. It's a car that you walk up to and say, man, I can't believe that's my car. That's the kind of car. If you've got a car like that now, keep it. No matter what it takes to fix it, keep that car. Because a car may never come back again to you where you'll be able to find one that you get to keep. Now we go to California where we find a man living in his cinder block basement apartment. He's sitting there with his bottle of Diet Right, and watching the Sally Jesse Raphael show, and he's got a brilliant idea. He's like, man, I can't believe I live in such luxurious an abode, but I still need more money. So he thinks I'm going to go steal some things and sell them. Yes, he's not going to get a job. I know we're all surprised at this. But he has the perfect crime because he's been planning this out for a while. You see, so he goes down to a local business and that night and nabs a box of goods that he's going to steal. Well, that sets off security cameras or whatever, but he's long gone by the time the police get there. And they notified the business owner and, and the business owner says, oh, no problem. And the police are like, what? Yes, because what has he stolen? What did he steal? Booze? Cigarettes? No. He stole a case of GPS trackers. This company makes trackers that they put on products like expensive construction equipment. You could put it in a load on a semi, whatever, to track your shipment in case it gets stolen so they turned all the trackers on in the box and found the box not far away in a basement of a home where this guy is living oh yes and they go hey here's where they're all sitting right here and the police go over there and arrest him. he's probably like how could they possibly find me i assume he was getting ready to set up his new ebay store gps trackers now store or something like that do you think they won't turn them on to go find them i don't know what these things cost they're expensive because uh it's kind of they put it out there like it's kind of like that system that you know lojack that you put in your car so these are put on to road graders and you know other equipment that can be easily taken and then you can track it down and figure out where it went so you could put it on whatever you want amazing you know, this, so this person, of course, is arrested for a felony because he's thinks a whole case is expensive. And so now we have to provide his living expenses, dry cheese sandwiches, unflavored oatmeal, or whatever all else he gets in there while he's awaiting his sentencing. Why do we have to do this? Now, this is somebody else, of course, that should be sterilized for being stupid because do we want this person, you know, providing more people into the planet? No. Okay, no, we don't. Uh, Otherwise, we have to continue to give them cheese and everything else that they get in their free medical care. You know, just like an illegal. Okay, so just the same way. So that's all awesome. Meanwhile, there's another cinder block basement apartment available in California for you to rent. And maybe you could be on the third half of the next show when we talk about yet another criminal who is stupid and dumb, as most of them are. I'm sure he protests and says that he's innocent, but we know better because the trackers don't lie. So that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Keep your energy consumption low so we can keep semis moving. Tell your friends that's how the show grows. Let me know about the car you love but don't have anymore. And we will see you on the next podcast.